Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channel and following us on social media as we continue to bring you the latest in sports. This week, another dope episode. We got a special guest joining us for, to talk some basketball with the Olympics going on. Joel and I break down UFC action that happened this past weekend. And of course, we bring you guys that local flavor to keep you guys in tune with Miami. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Crazy weekend, Jay. I'm still tired from Saturday's. It was a long and hot round, dude. Yeah, bro. But I'm glad we got it in, dog. Yeah. We, we ha- it's been a minute since we we got around the golf in, bro. Overdue, overdue. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But now we're back to business. You know, we got a special guest today, uh, the director of the content and media for the FIBA, which is better known as the Federation of International Basketball, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, I'm sure, Jaime Gutierrez, you know that people don't know the history behind this great organization that actually um, spreads across the world, man, and keeps everybody into the game of basketball, which is amazing. This is how we got to connect and have you on the podcast, which we definitely appreciate, man. Yeah, what's up, guys? How you doing? Appreciate the time. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. Uh, I, know, I know that I follow your work pretty closely, man. I, I see you on Instagram and read, see all the hard work you put behind the, the scenes there to create this type of content that people get. And they see the interviews and they watch them and hear and they get to see their favorite basketball players. But they don't know what it takes to get that interview and sit down with an athlete like that for 10 to 15 minutes and just sometimes not even that long and just get to pick their brain, man. So tell me how, how you came across that and, and what you get the most out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I started off, I mean, oof, a long time ago now, <laughs> um, kind of probably maybe 13, 14 years ago. I started off first um, working for NBC, and then after that I worked for ESPN in Connecticut. And then I ended up back in Miami, um, working like we spoke about, what we're talking about in FIBA. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's a long, long process. You know, it takes a lot of trust to, to, you know, talk to some of these guys sometimes and, and create good, uh, content that, that people, you know, want to see and want to hear about <clears throat> throughout all the times. But, um, but mostly, you know, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, gaining the trust in, of these athletes and gaining the trust of, of these individuals who, you know, a lot of people look up to and have a huge following and, and kind of, you know, I looked up as role models or celebrities. You know, at some at point, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, it's just, um, you know, hard work, you know, dedication, time, patience, um, many years doing this now, um, all across the board, you know, I've, I've done everything. I've pretty much done every single sport you could, you could think of from, from football, soccer, baseball, basketball, NASCAR, racing, you know, tennis. No, you're well-rounded, man. You're well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But it happens when you work for for huge and successful companies like NBC and and ESPN and and even where you're at now. You know, you you get to be exposed – 
to a lot of different things that are available to you, resources and whatnot. And that just makes the job more interesting, a little bit more difficult, but it definitely keeps the passion going, bro. And we see it in your work, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, definitely exposes you to a lot, you know, throughout your career. You know, like I said, I had the opportunity to do a lot of events, a lot of uh, work with a lot of people. Um, you know, don't I don't take it for granted, never, you know, because you never know when you might not have that opportunity again. But, but yeah, man, you know, the Super Bowls, the World Series, the NBA Finals, you know, <laughs> traveled all over the world, the Olympics, um, everything, man. So, um, yeah, yeah and I'm just, just blessed to, to represent Miami, you know, 305, um, the house here. And just, you know, blessed to, you know, a lot of people respect, you know, what I do. For sure. No doubt, man. And you said you've been all around the world. Where, where are you located these days? Where are you out of right now? And, and uh, where are yeah. you at right now? <clears throat> no, I'm in Miami right now. I'm in Miami. You know, um, I was born and raised here in Miami. So back in Miami because the FIBA office. <clears throat> the new FIBA office is here in Miami. It was originally located in Puerto Rico, but I wasn't working there yet. I wasn't working for FIBA yet. And then when it got moved here to Miami, that's when I kind of took over, um, you know, the position that I have now. But I'm um, in Miami and, you know, just kind of always, you know, planning and, you know, coordinating and kind of doing a little bit of everything for the next event that we have uh, coming up. Gotcha. You, you look like a busy guy, man. I'm looking at your Instagram right now at Jay Gutierrez FIBA on Instagram, and you're yeah. you're always on the move, brother. You're, there's not a lot that you don't do right now, <laughs> from uh, <laughs> different courts, you know, backdrops and different people that I see you in pictures with. You're definitely a busy guy. No, for sure. And he mentioned the Olympics, and that's when I, I really got intrigued in that one little snippet that you posted of a certain player, but I'm saving that for a little bit later. I want to get into your <laughs> thoughts on on what you saw happen in, in between the game with USA and France. Uh, we know that USA ended up losing 83-76. to 76. Uh, Bam locally had a great game, looked really well-rounded, um, which is something that as Heat fans we've seen a lot locally. But I wanted to get your thoughts on what you saw overall from the team and like how it, it's different in those international rules because a lot of people are used to just seeing the NBA, but when you get that international flavor of those international rules, yeah, a lot changes for these guys. Yeah, so, you know, first what I saw was, you know, Obviously, I think what a lot of people see currently is like a team that hasn't really played a lot within each other. You know, all those guys just kind of came up, came together like maybe a month ago, you know, because obviously they've all played um, in the NBA for different teams, except for a couple of guys, you know, who are teammates. But that's like kind of when I saw, you know, kind of like they're still trying to get their, their feet wet and kind of feel for each other, which is, you know, a little bit difficult. And now it's like, you know, push came to shove and it's it's getting a little too late, you know, to try to get them, you know, where they need to be, which is obviously winning games. Um, but also, you know, kind of what I've been, <clears throat> you know, telling a, a bunch of people for many, many years because my my heart lies with basketball. I love basketball. And that's, that's why I'm at where I'm at today with FIBA because my, my passion is basketball. It's my love, my first love my, of sports. And the game of basketball has grown internationally a lot, you know. Um, I tell people all the time that just look around you, uh, the league that we, we obviously follow here, the NBA. And most, if you kind of look at the top 15 players in the NBA right now, about half of those guys, maybe seven or eight, are not from the United States, you know. 
they're not born in the United States. They don't represent the United States. They actually represent another country. You know, you could go from, you know, Giannis, obviously who won the championship, to Joel Embiid, to Luca, to Ben Simmons, you know, and the list goes on. You know, they, there's a good amount of guys um, who don't, who are not from the United States, you know. So the game has gotten, has leveled out a little bit, you know. Um, I still obviously would say that the United States has, you know, a majority of the superstars or the stars. But the game all around has, has leveled out, you know. Um, I mean, like you said, you know, the United States lost to France and France had three NBA guys there. You know, they had Platoon, Rudy, uh, Evan Fournier from the, from the Celtics. And, you know, they also had two other guys that used to play, Tony Parker and Boris Diaz. You know, they played for France, you know, but obviously they're up in age and they're retired now, but those two guys also played. No, the, so, the amount of yeah, basketball man. knowledge it, there is, is crazy in that France team, right? No, and I, yeah, I gotta yeah. I gotta have to mention a PSA as a as a frustrated Heat fan, and I gotta say I hate Boris <laughs> Diaw. No, every, <laughs> I was gonna go with every Fournier because that guy's a legit Heat killer. That guy killed us for yeah. years down here in Orlando, and, man. And, but so was uh, yep. so was what's his face? I just mentioned, dude. He, he killed us back in Diaw. Yeah, yeah man. Boris Diaw. He killed us. And him and Patty Mills, man, they just killed us in that Spurs series. But anyways, we're not here to talk about the past. <laughs> so um no man yeah it's uh it's a good point that you bring up you know that that now it's getting you know widespread obviously internationally and, and some of those players are the best players you definitely had me going up until you mentioned ben simmons on that list i don't i wouldn't agree necessarily as, as putting ben simmons in that in that category with those guys you mentioned well no of course i'm not saying he's a top 15 20 you know lock you know kind of guy but you know i mean he's still he's still a great player you know and he's you know, he just—he's not playing for Australia just because he declined to play for. Him, but in reality, he would—he would have played for Australia, who's in the Olymp- in the Olympics right now. Right, right. And he you definitely know, would so. have been the the best player on that team, Brent. You know, that guy's. A, a lot of people want to give him <clears throat> slack for his performance in these past playoffs, but you still got to remember he's a young kid, didn't really get college experience, so he doesn't have a lot of experience playing against, you know, top tier NBA talent. I just think with him specifically, it's going to take some type of unlocking, you know, to figure out what's his key to get the best out of him. I don't think he's, like, whack or anything. Like, they were done by any stretch of the imagination, so. He's just not what we thought he was. Or at least for me, he's not what I thought he was going to be so far through, you know, his short career so far. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Joel, because, Jamie, uh, I wanted to get your opinion, or Jaime, I wanted to get your opinion on on what's going on down here with the Heat. I know you're very in tune with with that as you're a Heat fan, first of all, of course, and um, you're also a local guy, and, and you know something about these guys. Tell me what you think with with the Heat in the position they are with ability to make cap space or double down and, and lock down some of the players that we have here, like Duncan and Nunn. What do you think the direction they're leaning at? Uh, I mean, I think we'll, we'll be able to tell a little bit more after the draft, mm-hmm. you know, in the next couple of days, what they're really going to do. Um, I think what I'd like to see them do or, you know, I guess, all of us would like to see him do is obviously acquire another like big name, um, you know, star. <laughs> like you know, we, we we like here in Miami. Right. But um, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard because I do. I'm one of the guy. I'm like one of the only guys. Who, I, yeah, I continue to say I like our young assets. You know, like I like Hero. I like Precious. You know, I wouldn't mind keeping Duncan, even though if we could try to work over in the cap space. But a lot of people don't agree with that. You know. A lot of people want the Kawhi level because of free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, Bradley Beal may be on the market. Um, 
you know, another name that I've seen thrown around is Brandon Ingram, uh, Shea Alexander, you know. Um, so I don't really know. I mean, it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of difficult to see what they're going to be able to do because in reality, they don't have a lot of, like, a lot, a lot of cap space. They have some, especially if they do, the, the you know, the decline, um, the team options that they have. Right. Um, and it frees up more cap space, obviously. But I just don't know how, I really don't know how they could acquire another, like, top tier guy without giving, like, well, up a lot. <laughs> no, that, yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot, you know, to to acquire. I mean, look, Bradley did it with Butler. Right. He found a way to do it. So I I have some faith that, that he can make it happen again. But, um, but you know, it, 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 it's still it's still really hard. You know, it's still really difficult, you know, yeah. um, to try to see how they, how they make, make it work. For sure, for sure. Because... You know, you mentioned the the draft being an important like stepping stone that has to take place for a lot of these teams. But you know, more often than not, and especially in these last recent years, we've seen not necessarily teams make a lot of moves, but players make themselves available or state what their intentions are a lot sooner than what you know traditional NBA free agency would would take. So, with a guy like Bradley Beal, who you mentioned, even a, a Mike Conley who's available, Chris Paul can opt out. There's a lot There's a lot of movement in that point guard area, and I think that that's like the area that not only the fans are focusing on because they see it as such a, a such a dire need down here, but the the wealth of point guards that are available, it's like, damn, if, if we don't get one now, when, when are we going to get one? And the one particular that I wanted to ask you about is Damian Lillard because I saw that you did get a chance to sit with him and talk to him for a little bit on camera uh, besides the obvious question of like, do you think that guy could fit here? Which the answer is probably yes. What type of sense did you get from him? Like with the off the court stuff, you know how he wants to handle himself as a businessman and as a person, not so much the basketball, because we know that like on the court, what he brings to the table, but wondering what else he has going on that, that can possibly fit down here. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I got a chance to talk to him in Vegas. Uh, for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, great, he's a great, great dude. Um, you know, it's one of those guys that you know he's just humble and keeps it 100 uh, with you. Um, I mean, he's very passionate about. Yeah, I could tell that he's very. I don't know him that well. It was the first time I ever talked to. Him, but I, I could tell he's very passionate about the the mark and the legacy that he leaves behind. Mm. Not just like you said on the court, but off the court too. Because he's a he's a very big. Um, uh, kind of like community guy too. <clears throat> you know, he comes from Oakland and he loves his, his city, you know, and he's always representing, you know, um, his town and his people. Right. Um, I mean, I think he would fit in perfectly. <laughs> you know, we can make it work, honestly. <laughs> right. I think he'll, he'll fit in like a glove just because, um, you know, obviously here's, you know, we have a city where we're very passionate about the basketball we have here. You know, the community is a very, obviously, Miami, you know, that we all have, a unique community here in Miami because of so much like different type of cultures we have. Um, so it's it's something that I know he'll probably like enjoy, you know, because it's so we're so culturally like, you know, diverse. Um I, I mean I honestly think that the the sense that I got from him is, you know, that he just want he's you know, he's playing right now in the Olympics, trying to bring home a gold medal. And then he'll figure out after, you know, what happens um in the next couple of weeks, you know. 
Yeah. Maybe he has made a decision. You know, um, I really didn't want to get into that and ask him directly. Um, my focus was more on kind of like, you know, what he had in, 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 at the, in hand right now, which is kind of playing for USA and trying to win um, an Olympic medal. But you could just tell that he's he's really, um, he's really you know, Damien is really passionate about kind of, you know, being happy with himself and how, you know, he can make, wherever he goes, he can make an impact on the court but also off the court. Damn, that makes a lot of sense, bro. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, to tie it back to the whole Olympics, um, I feel like he's going to be one of the key players that has to step up on Wednesday against Iran. You know, um, that's he, that point guard play is, is <clears throat> guard play in general, usually in international basketball, is so key because you're shooting so much from three. You know, we saw KD miss a three. We saw uh, who else? Uh, Zach Levine missed a three. Yeah, uh, Drew Holiday, too. Drew Holiday missed a three, too. And it was like, man, you know, if – those are shots that I would feel way more comfortable with. Like, obviously, a KD, I feel comfortable, but a Damian Lillard be definitely before before those other two guys, you know. So I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that has to make the big, big impact and have 20-plus point games and stuff like that for the U.S. to be dominant like we, we should expect him to be. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't think they'll struggle against Iran. Um, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll be able to to to, to – you know, come out with a victory. You know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think they're just gonna go ahead and crush Iran either. Right. Um, but I do think I do think that they'll come out with a W. Um, you know, the, the last game against Czech Republic. That's the one I'm like. I don't know where I'm at there with, with them yet. I think if they get a little bit of um, you know, a, a momentum of rhythm from the Iran game going into the Czech Republic game, right. it could be a huge help just because they'll be like, all right, now I know. Or they'll be like now. Now we feel like where we're at, you know. Um, and then you know, obviously they'll be they'll be second in that group um, because obviously I don't think they're going to be able to catch France, you know. Now because I think France should should be able to beat win the last two games. Um, but we'll see. I mean, anything can happen. Look, I mean, uh, nobody expected Luca to drop forty eight or thirty one in the first half, you know, superstar, last night. Man. So superstar. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I mean. You know, we'll see. I mean, I've I've said it to my to my close friends, and I've said it to my close colleagues, and everybody by the basketball circle that I was asking me. I feel that you know, Slovenia is 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 a team that can win it all. Yeah. They can literally win. They can win the gold medal. And yeah, you know, people are gonna say, yeah, but USA USA has the stars and they're studs and this and that. Listen, man, Luca is just. Luke is something special, man. Luke is really, really something special. Um, I mean, I, I and, heard his quote the other day, you know, and it, he made it look so true. He was like, it's much more easier scoring in the NBA than it is here. And this guy just dropped 48 points <laughs> in yeah, the Olympics. Imagine, you know? imagine that. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and a lot of people, man, it sucks because, you know, what's funny is we're talking about Olympics and the heat and all that. And, you know, Goran Dragic declined to play for Slovenia. Or he would have been, you know, they, they would have been right now, you know, playing – they would have been teammates right now playing in in, in the Olympics, you know. I mean, Goran's Gorn, brother is playing with with Luca, but you know, it would have been like a. I, but I think yeah, I think Goran wanted to take the time off, you know, and really just heal. That guy's been through so much basketball, yeah, you know, in like the last yeah. year and a half. That at his age, it's like you got to take the time off, yeah, Papi. I know it's important. <laughs> he got but, hurt in the finals last year, and yeah, then short off season, yeah. you know, back into action. A long season for the Heat, when you know battling, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, probably wanted to take some time off. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, before, probably. 
before we let you go, man, I kind of wanted to get mm-hmm. your your thoughts real quick on the NBA Finals. Um, we saw the Bucks have an amazing run and win four straight after going down 2-0 against Phoenix, something that he fans uh-huh. are familiar with, as we did yeah. you know, back in the yep. days. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought of Giannis's performance, of course, being amazing. And really, what what do you expect one of those two teams to be back there sooner? You know, there's a lot of questions on both on both sides as far as what moves they're going to make in the next year and a half. Um, and just kind of get your thoughts on that. Oh, man. Well, listen, I, I really – it sucks because I'm a big Chris Paul fan. Mm. I've been for many, many, many years, yeah, you man. know. Actually, I actually was one of the like one of the few people that kind of I was hoping that he would have traded for Chris Paul two or three years ago when he was still in the Rockets. You and me both, because bro. you know, yep. yeah, a lot of people, you know, but a lot of people thought he was washed up or like he was old or he was just he wasn't there yet. I was you know? one of those people. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I knew he had it still. You know, it was just a matter of like being in the right system. You know, like he was in the Clippers. He was in he was in a, he was in on the right system in the Clippers. He just. Obviously, you know, they didn't get an opportunity to, to make it out because the Warriors or, or, or the Rockers or whoever else, you know, that they run into. But I blame it on um, I, Yeah, a lot of people, you <laughs> know, but, 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 you know, I wanted, I really wanted to, to see the Suns win. But let me tell you something, man, Giannis, he just wanted that, that trophy badly. You can yeah. just tell, yeah, you know, so. you can just tell he wanted that trophy really, really bad and, um, you could see the la- like the third, fourth, or fourth, fifth, and sixth game, or third, fourth, and fifth game. He was just like he was barely shooting threes. You know, obviously we know that he's not a good shooter, but he was just going to the hole and he would miss and grab his own rebound, put it back, or he would be underneath for other people's putbacks. I mean, I think what he, I think I'm not sure what he was shot as good as Shaquille O'Neal in one of the NBA finals. I think he was. I heard a stat that. He had like something outrageous from the field just because he was just doing putbacks and dunks, you know. Yeah. I think it was like and, something crazy, and, like sixty-eight percent or something high. It was crazy, yeah, crazy high. yeah, it was crazy high. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was insane. But um, but no, listen, man, I think the it's it's gonna be tricky for the Suns because I've heard that you know CP3 is gonna opt out from his player option. That right. creates a little bit of a uncertainty with with some of the money. I but I think you know. I don't know. I think the Bucks could be back there again, depending on like a couple of moves that other teams make, like the Celtics and the Nets and the Heat. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I I think that I think they should be the favorites. You know, I think that they should be the favorites over over the Lakers. Uh, because LeBron, over Brooklyn in the East, right? Yeah, definitely over Brooklyn in the East, and definitely I think they should just be favorites overall, just because you know LeBron's getting a year older, even though he hasn't slowed down a bit. Um, Anthony Davis tends to always get hurt, you know. Um, and then the Nets, they're tricky. Three stars. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Kyrie Irving because he, you know, he gets you know injured once in a while too. Harden's but, in um, that form too, where he's getting injured every yeah. now, every now and then, more often. I, yeah. I, so a lot of the guys are getting older, and Giannis is still he's like 25, 26 years old. So no, literally, um, I think it might be prime. it might be his time. Yeah, yeah, it might be just his time, you know, to shine and to be. 
the face of the NBA, and like we were talking earlier, the face of the NBA is going to be an international guy. It's yeah. not going to be a homegrown American guy. No, for sure. And Giannis definitely has the mold, right? He has the size, the strength, uh, the durability. And he now does, the experience. And now the experience to really take over the NBA and not necessarily be the best player in the NBA, but definitely be the most dominant, which is what Shaq was for the longest time in the NBA. And Giannis looks like he's about ready to do that. You know, he's like, yeah, somebody else can have the best title of best player in the game or best scorer in the game, but nobody's going to dominate a game like I can. And yep. seeing that guy being able to do that on that on that level of of basketball, the high stage, was crazy. And now, you know, he's obviously <laughs> taking the summer off, but it's crazy. And we we had some debate on you know on last week's episode, you know, before uh, the Bucks sealed it and took it in, in Game Six. Um, you know, if, if uh, Middleton had a big game or whatever, you know, who was that MVP going to go to? Was it Middleton? You know, who has carried that Bucks team a lot? And some people would think, you know, that he did a lot for them last year. You know, in the bubble and then throughout the season. You know, he's 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 a big time player, makes clutch plays. You know, um, all around on defense and offense. When when Giannis doesn't have it clicking, but Giannis obviously is the poster boy. He's the he's the MVP of that team. And we said, you know, hey, if Giannis goes out in style and has a big game, he's definitely locking in that, you know, that MVP. And what better way to lock it up than by dropping fifty in Game Six? Yeah, man. I mean, that was yep. That and then ordering incredible. a fifty piece at McDonald's. Yeah, and then ordering <laughs> and then ordering a Chick-fil-A. That was awesome. That was that awesome, was man. Awesome. Hey, hi, man, man. I can't say enough about uh, the awesome work that you put in, bro, and the content that you're creating. Trust me, uh, the world is starting to take more notice about your hard work and dedication, man. And we're gonna do our best here on the Sports with Soso podcast to to make sure that all of our followers are definitely paying attention to it, man. So again, thank you for jumping on with us, bro. Yeah, make sure you guys follow him at J Gutierrez FIBA on Instagram. Hi, man, man. It was great having you. Hopefully, one day we can get you in the studio. We can do this live. No, thank you guys. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate the time and, and, and good luck with everything. And, you know, just, just reach out to me if you guys, you know, need anything. Most definitely, brother. Appreciate we'll we'll stay in contact, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, all right, fellas. All right, man. Have a good Later, brother. So, yeah, man. That was Jaime Gutierrez. Jaime man. Gutierrez, man. Nah, dope, dope. Again, he is really a basketball fiend, man. When, when it comes to all things basketball, this guy's always on top of it. He knows a lot about the sport. He obviously works really hard behind the scenes, like I said, to get people the content that they usually see on ESPN, on shows and stuff like that. And we're seeing down here locally on NBC. And now my man's doing it on the international stage with FIBA. So Hell of a resume, dude. Big shout out to Jaime, man, for jumping on with us, bro. But, um, yeah, you know, this weekend. Wait, before we get into that, though, because we kind of glossed over oh, our, our round this oh, weekend. Oh, you want to talk about that? I want to talk a little bit more about our round this weekend, Damn, because. There's a couple it, things going on. I only want to talk about one so, thing if we're going to talk about this weekend. So the very first <laughs> hole, pull up. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Yeah. You just shoved the beer right in my face to drink yeah, this. straight up. All right. And it was like literally 9.05 a.m. Yeah, I'm not upset about it, but I'm just saying you set the tone for the rest of the day. I caught that. you and George by surprise. Your brother was like, oh, shit, wait a second. It's this kind of day. Who is this guy? <laughs> Who'd you bring to play golf with us, bro? Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, right, two things. I had an excess of beers from Friday night. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the homies who pulled up. But I had so much beer in my fridge that when I opened in that morning to, like, grab some water or whatever, I was like, there's no water. There's only beer. So I'm going to grab four beers for the four homies. Beer is mostly made up of water, so. Yeah, but when you mix it in with other ingredients, <laughs> that water shit goes away. 
But yeah, man, it was fun uh, to finally connect on the golf course, bro. It had been too long. Yeah, bro. And we got the homie John out there. We got your brother out there, and we. Now, granted, we didn't get to play the full 18. Yeah, it was kind of weird. We pulled up weird. to the course, and the front nine had been closed. There was, like, nobody yeah, in the parking lot. We are like, man, oh, it's going to be great. We're killing it. Nobody's here. We're going to have the whole course <laughs> to ourselves. And Yeah, we did, but it was we only nine it. holes. Yeah. So we had yeah. to play the same nine twice. Yeah, but it actually worked out because, honestly, it was – I felt like it was a great, great practice day for both – for all oh, yeah. parties involved. You know, it's been a minute since I had been able to play. We know that you and your brother are taking that trip next week. We got a w- weekend this weekend coming up. We John got- had been – Miami Golf Bros Open yeah, 2021. Man. Let's go. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, man. And and John hadn't played in a while, too. He had some back issues. And now we all finally got to play and got yeah. to play together. So I was like, you know what? Let's not take it too serious out here. Let's get I these practice we, swings we out the way. We had a great time, dude. I think we had a great time. You had a, a greenie. A beautiful greenie. A beautiful greenie. Amazing Probably shot. Probably the best shot that I've hit so far. Bro, that was amazing, <laughs> that shot. And you got the par on that one. You managed. You almost had the yeah, birdie. Yeah, almost had Very the birdie. Very close to the Fuck. birdie. But you walked away with the par, so you can't be mad at that. My brother had a birdie. Yes. I had two chippings. Yes, sir. For, for bogey. Killing it, man. The first one was like 30 or 40 yards off no, the No, and I think John had the driver of the day on the 18th hole. Oh, he, the, hit bomb, he hit a bomb, dude. dude. On 18, every single time, dude. Yeah, every time we all got that, get you always. Get you every single time. How? I almost had an eagle. Yes, on the 18th. Well, it, it was on 18, but, but it was the, the nine, first go. But whatever, hole same hole. But yeah, on 18, that was the first time we played it. Yeah. Beautiful was, drive, beautiful six iron onto the green, and I... Bro, I missed the the eagle putt by like that much. Dude. It was crazy. Minimal. Everybody had a good drive. That, oh my that, god! That, that, on those two, two, that one specific hole, everybody had a good drive, yeah. a good approach shot, and, and a good putt. That it was a great, it, that, makes great, that much more great exciting. practice round, man. I'm Hell telling yeah, you, yeah, dude. I was I was pumped for that. So yeah, I'm glad we bro. got out there. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, bro. But uh, it was rough the rest of that Saturday, bro. Let me tell you, <laughs> I was in and out of sleep, kind of groggy, and I'm not gonna lie. I may or may not have missed these fights this week. <laughs> it's a good thing that I took a really long nap, right? And then I woke up just in time to catch the... I didn't catch the prelims, but I, I was pretty much in the middle of the card when the fight started um, to get better. And the obviously, you know, the fight that I want to talk about the most is the Dillashaw fight with yeah, Corey course. Sanhagen. And because... <clears throat> Excuse me, Corey Sanhagen was ranked, is ranked, or was ranked number two in that bantamweight division. Impressive last couple of wins that he's had, the way that he's won them. A real hell of a fighter, like yeah. for real, for real. You watch UFC, you know that Corey Sanhagen ain't no joke. He's nope. very patient, great jujitsu, great stand up, um, very calm in his attacks. But I felt like that did him in on this fight because Dillashaw, TJ Dillashaw, was hurt. He was hurt in that second round. Corey really rocked him with a couple of shots and he didn't for me he didn't go in like he should have when you when you know you have somebody hurt he was he was not willing to risk losing that fight and take tj out and that's what cost him because tj was able to bounce back recover and after that those next three rounds were Slight work, slight work for for TJ because he was able to really put the pace on Corey, right? Hit him with a bunch of jabs, attack, 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 push the pace, and really didn't have any type of resistance because all Corey was happily to do was counter. And if you're ahead in a fight or if you knock somebody down or you hurt them, countering is not the way to end that fight. It's definitely not the way to win the fight because eventually that person is building momentum. Building belief, 
building recovery, building strength. And that's exactly what TJ did, bro. He really worked him the rest of those three rounds. And in my opinion, he earned that fight more than Corey did. So I, I got some numbers for you here so that we can look at the stats. I mean, you had total strikes. You had Sanhagen 171 to Dillashaw 169. Look at that, bro. Um, I'm assuming that's that's landed. Total strikes yeah. landed. And then significant strikes, you had Sanhagen 128 to TJ Dillashaw's 110. So Sanhagen had the edge there, but they ended up but giving the decision to Dillashaw. Think about it this way, right? I hurt you. Boom. Now, this is early in the second round. I don't close you out. The rest of the fight, all I'm doing is jabbing and staying away. Jabbing and staying away. What type of judge is going to look at that and say, yeah, he's dominating the fight? Mm. None. None. Because you got TJ in the, in the center of the octagon, right? Literally pushing the pace forward. Coming at him, stepping in, throwing combos, ducking out, attempting to take down, coming back up. Ground game. So what you're saying is he showed more with less. Way less. Gotcha. Now, had Corey gone all in and said, you know what? This guy's hurt. This dude's hurt. I'm going to go in and finish him. Had he done that, he probably would have got Dillashaw out in the third round. But, again, and if you, you got to know who you're fighting. Dillashaw is an ex-champ, a UFC fighting veteran. Has been in all types of wars. So he's not just going to lay down. You have to know that if you give this guy time to rest and recover, he's going to do that. And he's going to come back even stronger. So Corey kind of did himself in, man. When when you're ahead, when you know you got the victory, when you know you got somebody hurt, especially in UFC, man, you have to go all in on that. Because if you don't, the guy's almost guaranteed to pull an undertaker, stand up, <laughs> and come out firing probably most times than not win the fight and that's what happened on saturday oh mm. well, i uh i missed it but yeah you did buddy there's a reason i do this podcast brother so you keep me up to date and For i appreciate sure. that that recap right there i got you i got you i got you we Man. got some exciting ufc coming up though yeah we do bro we or do to look forward to at least yeah well there was a big announcement today that just happened literally as we were coming into the studio uh we got the big announcement that ufc 268 mm -hmm. is actually going down and we got a rematch on our hands we got kamara usman, usman running it back. versus colby covington you got it number two and that fight is extremely interesting because a lot of people was like oh who's next for Usman you know who else can he fight it made sense that he was gonna fight again this year but I just didn't see it being Kobe Covington I'm guessing that either George didn't take the fight Gilbert Burns didn't get offered the fight and Leon Edwards definitely didn't get offered the fight well you remember um Gilbert Burns called out yeah, you could call out whoever. Well, I mean, just the fact that he called him out, that could be the next one in play. So if they, that could be already in the works is what I'm saying behind well, the scenes. Well, I saw him tweet something actually that was pretty interesting. Gilbert Burns tweeted out. He was like, okay, that's a cool, that's a big fight. You know, a main event. People won't probably want to pay to see that. How about me and you, Leon Edwards? And he added Leon Edwards. To that like, same card? Let's be, let's be the undercard. Mm. You know, and I haven't seen a response from Leon yet, but that would be a raw, be raw a elimination fight. You know what I mean? And that would be a hell of a card. Yeah, because whoever would win that fight would be the would fight the winner of Usman Covington. Technically, right? Right. Yeah. And if Colby were to happen to lose, and I feel like that automatically sets a fight up with George. But if but if Covington wins, then they're one and one. Ooh. 
So do you have to give the run you back have to, to, give it. to Usman? You as have the, to. The and then maybe champ? you have whoever wins between Leon Edwards and Gilbert Burns takes on Georgie. Okay. Yeah. Right? That's that, I mean, again, there's there's a lot of possibilities. A lot of possibilities in that division. That's why I like it, man. That that division is one of the best in the UFC. Mm-hmm. We also got a big card coming up in two weeks. August we 7th. Have, yeah, August 7th. We, we have, have UFC Derek 265. Lewis, Cyril Gaines, heavyweight bout. That's going to be a don't go to sleep early type night. <laughs> yeah, I think we also have Amanda Nunes on that. Yes, sir. The champ champ. Yep. The greatest of all time. Pound for pound. In my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see her fight because the, the woman that she's fighting, her name escapes me right now. Um, she's actually been talking a lot of shit, a lot of shit about Amanda saying like that she's ducking her and all this stuff. So Amanda was like, you know what? You want this fight? I'm going to give you this fight. You're going to come over here. Me and you are going to get it on. And I'm going to show you why I've been the champ champ for all these She's years. She's fighting Juliana Pena. That's the one. And, she, and, again, that girl has been talking a lot of smack. A lot of smack. But, yeah, the main event that night would, is going to be between the heavyweights because the reason why it's going to be the main uh, event is because somebody's going to be crowned inter, uh, what do they call that, the intermediary champion. Because Nganu was supposed is the champ, but he's not fighting, so they're gonna name a a temp champ, I guess. Interim, I, I guess. I don't like that. I don't like that term, um, which is whack. I don't know how you feel about it's that. It's just semantics, bro. It's just a word. I mean, yeah, until, but until you, but like the you fact that you're gonna name somebody else a champ, just say this is a I mean, number one conde- division, a, ten, a guess, number one contender okay. fight. All right, you know? I guess. Say it like that. But if there's no champ, I mean, then you got to fill that void somehow. Do there you? has to be a champ. Do you? Because Nganu is the champ, and I feel like he would smoke either Why one of these. Why is he not fighting? I, I think he had an injury that he wanted to take time off to recover, and they wanted him to fight Derek Lewis. He's already fought Derek Lewis, though. I know, but they wanted Derek Lewis. He's fought everybody in the division, hey, so hey, hey. why make anybody else champ? I mean, you're asking me other questions, bro. <laughs> <laughs> those are just questions that only Dana can answer because those are the semantics. Yeah. You know, those are the politics that happen in UFC. But that fight is going to be, uh, in my opinion, a number one contender. Yeah, somebody's going to get a belt that night. Yeah, that's cool, but I'm I'm not a big fan of that. You know who's also fighting on that card, bro? Uh, Josie Aldo's fighting on that Jose card. Jose Aldo's former fighting champion. On that I don't know if he still hasn't hit him, bro. Uh, he's a little bit older now, you know. He's had a couple losses. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Michael Chiesa's also on that card. Yep. Yeah, um, he's an exciting fighter. That, that I mean, dude, just week after week, dude, they're just pumping him out. So that's two sixty five, right? Correct. And two sixty six is the Volkanovski Brian Ortega for which the finale is, of the Ultimate f- Fighter. Correct. Which I've been watching that series, and it's good entertainment, bro. It's on ESPN Plus. If you have it, check it out. It's worth watching because you kind of get back to the roots of seeing the UFC Ultimate Fighter and like how these guys come from all over the world to to train and try to land that UFC contract, which is not easy to get if you know anything about the fight game. No. And then you have 267, which is still, I don't think that. I don't think it has a date yet. No, dude. no, no. It has a date. It's October 30th. They're going to do it in Abu Dhabi. And it's uh, John Blachowicz, uh versus Glover Teixeira. And then there's a rematch between Aljamain Sterling and, and Peter Jan. Uh, the rematch. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so that's a good car, too. That's and then we still haven't even got to the one we're really the most looking forward to, which is what we started with, the Covington and Usman, and, and Usman rematch, man. Yeah, man. So There's going to be great fights. great fights. Great fights. We got to have the boy Jesse in studio for, for some of these. For sure. Maybe break them down for after sure. the fact. Or have Orlando, them, have this is your preview. call out. So. I know you're listening, dog. This is your call out. So <laughs> you know where we're at, bro. DM me. 
Um, yeah, man. Bro, MMA, UFC, doing it big, as always. You know, Dana White has a freaking money-making machine that just pumping out $100 bills 24-7. And for a sports podcast like us, UFC uh, is our best friend, bro, pumping yes, it out sir. weekly. Every week there's a good fight that we can catch up and talk about. Absolutely. So. You know what? I actually wanted to mention this before we move on to the local stuff. Um, Uriah Hall is fighting this weekend, man. We got to make sure we check that out on Saturday. He's headlining the UFC fight night. <clears throat> Uriah Hall was in that freak accident, and uh, he actually broke that guy's other leg. and had it was horrible. It was uh, horrible. Chris he actually Weidman. bounced Right, Chris Weidman's leg, and actually bounced back. And now he's getting into the swing of things, so I, I'm kind of excited to see um, – how his career is is panning out because he's he looks to be a really good fighter man and he's a guy that came from the Ultimate Fighter show so it's dope to see that man it's dope to see that yeah but you know what time it is dog what time is it dog it's three o five time bro like my dog Jaime said we rep Dade County <laughs> all day every day shout out to Broward but it's all about Dade County <laughs> and we got to talk about the the Florida Panthers man who you know because yeah they're in Broward County but the whole South Florida takes credit for these, for these boys. These boys have been, first of all, I want to give a huge shout-out to the GM Bill Zito because this guy has been wheeling and dealing like he his freaking Pat, like, <laughs> understudy, thinking, dog. I was thinking the same thing, dude. Yo, no, the, what, what, the he, moves, what he's doing right now is incredible, dude. Hit so, me with some of the uh, – talk about – first of all, we re-signed the guy that we picked Sam up Bennett. in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah, we re-signed Sam Bennett. This is all uh, according to uh, uh, ESPN right here. We re-signed uh, Sam Bennett to a four-year uh, deal, $17.7 million, which hits us with like $4.4 million off our cap. Um, but he had 15 points in 10 regular season games after we got him from Calgary um, at the trade deadline. He's only 25 and uh, – like I just said, he's a significant goal scorer, so we definitely need somebody like this. And he's not even our best best offensive threat. He's going to be leading that second line because we're going to get Eklat back, you know, full healthy Eklat for a full season next year. Yep. And the depth that this guy Zito is creating on the squad is like No, and balance, champion, right? And so balance. He, goes, he goes and signs him, gives him that four-year deal yep. right for scoring. We know he's still got Eklat. Uh, when he gets healthy. But then he goes and he re-signs defensive men Lucas Carlson and Noel Jolson uh, for next season. So he's stacking up on defense. He's doubling down. He's not you know, not letting go of some of those important guys. But he knows why, because the defense was the suspect part of the season. We had inconsistency at goalie, for sure. We found our new our goalie of the future, but he's just not ready to be between the between the pipes just yet. But our, our goals against this season was 23rd in the NHL. We were giving up 2.7 goals a game. That's like... Not going to take you anywhere, you know, when it comes to being a championship-level defense. Yep. <clears throat> and then another move they made, we signed, uh, or we acquired, I should say. We haven't signed them yet. That's going to be the next move. But we acquired Sam Reinhart in a trade with the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. Yep. Um, Which, in the process, we gave up our, our former first-round pick and our goalie prospect, Devin Lee, Levy. But yeah. to your point, we got a guy in Spencer Knight who yep. had an amazing uh, performance in you know in the playoffs this past year and kind of showed his true colors. We know so he's going to be the future. So we know what we got there in the right. goalie, right? Right. And, so and a, lot, a lot of good moving pieces, man. A even lot of in that Sam, happening on the, the Panthers. For sure. Sorry to cut you off. No, even no. in that Sam Reinhardt, Reinhardt trade, you know, the critics, from what I was reading on ESPN+, Plus, the critics were saying, like, damn, did Buffalo get enough? Like, it felt like... The Panthers fleeced Buffalo for this guy because he's so proven and such a effective scorer. So it's like, damn, 
you know, again, back to Zito. He's doing these moves that not only improve the team immediately, but also builds depth in, in case injuries happen, in case this happens, because he saw it crumble this season. He was like, damn, I had a really good team, but I didn't have enough of a foundation to kind of build on it. Now we have that foundation. He's definitely building on it. And me personally, bro, I'm excited to see what this Panthers team is going to do next year, man. Bro, you grab this guy, you know, we on Wednesday we'll be able – he's going to become an un, uh, a restricted free agent and we'll be able to officially sign him. But this past season, 54 games, he had 40 points total. Jeez. 25 off goals, 15 off assists. You That's throw cold, that guy man. in there with Barkov, Huberto, uh, Duclair, Vetrano. You throw him in with all those guys, bro, and we got a recipe for success. Just building Straight off up. of what we had this year, but just now just taking it to the next level. No, and we knew that the Panthers were a really good team. We saw the – results right they were one of the top four teams in the nhl period and it just so happens we ran into the best team in the nhl which was Tampa Bay. and go figure so panthers first round exit to the eventual stanley cup champions miami heat first round exit to the eventual nba champions there's a little trend going on right now dude i'm not liking it yeah, I mean, well, we know that nobody's going to have to do that to the Marlins in order to win the World Series, <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness, man. Because those boys are struggling, man. There, there's exciting plays, man. There's things to be excited about, you know? Uh, there's home runs. There's big plays. There's diving catches. There's, you know, All feel good stories and stuff from the team. But, God, we just cannot put it together, man. Nope. I think we're like 13 games behind yep. first place right now. Yep. Uh, last in the division, or 13 games under 500, I should say. Under 500, 10 and a half games behind our old division in our in, in, in our in division, in which our is division. the Mets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're the closest, oh. at the, the team that we're closest to right now, we're like two and a half, three, three games Three and a half games. Three and a half games behind Washington. Uh, we just lost a series to the Washington Nationals before we lose or split a series against a really good baseball team in San Diego who were here visiting. But, man, you know, like I said on the last podcast, I don't care about wins or losses now. I want to see good plays. I want to see entertaining baseball, and I want to see the youngins play. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten that. You know, we, we get the amazing catches by, by Marte. We get the, the major home runs from Aguilar and Duval. We get the great pitching from uh, a Perez or even a, a Trevor Rogers, even Jimmy, Jimmy Garcia. He's been pitching lights out since since he's been in the rotation or in the bullpen. But it just doesn't come together for this team for, you know, a bunch of reasons. And for me, it's like, okay, that's cool. I kind of gave up on the season being whatever it could have been. I just want to keep building on this young you know, talent pool that we have. You know, I see Jazz doing his thing. He's like everybody's favorite player right now. That's the type of stuff that the Marlins are going to be able to build on. And with the trade deadline coming up this week, July 30th, I'm kind of worried that we may lose an extra piece that I'm not willing to lose. You said everybody's expendable. Anybody can get it right now. In the sense of for the, the guys right for the right price, right? Number one. And and the guys that were being talked about, which is a Duval, right? That's not a guy that we invested a lot in. So it's like, yeah, if I can flip you, I'll definitely flip you. Same thing with Marte. He's a guy that we really bought low in or on. And it was like, hey, you know, if you can prove that, that you're going to be X, Y, Z, we'll take that. And he's done it. 
But if a, a team like the Yankees, who's struggling to find some type of offense and consistency, they come calling and say, hey, we got these major prospects that we'd like to trade you. You kind of have to, like, pull the trigger on one of those trades, I feel like. Because for for the Martins to be talked about so much in these in, in these trade rumors and stuff like that, that shit leads me to believe that they're going to get a trade done. Something last minute. <laughs> Something's going to happen where a team's going to call, make a great offer, and we're going to just say, you know, that's too big to pass up. Sorry, Aguilar, you got to go. Sorry, Marte, you got to go. Sorry, Sorry Duvall. Duvall. Or even a Cooper. I saw Gary Cooper. I saw Jimmy Garcia being named. And it's like, well, shit, thank Thank God it's not Trevor Rogers being named up no, there. No, never. That's for sure not happening. Yeah, you, you, you but I can definitely that. see to your point, you know, the more and more we've talked about it, the more and more it makes sense. You know, a guy like um, Duvall, you know, Duvall, we, we, we bought him low, we can sell him high. And and that's the game. That's the name of the game in baseball. When you know you're not contending, it's like, all right, I have to clear house somehow and get new blood in here, even though the guys that are here are great guys because all of those guys that we mentioned – are really great club guys. You can tell that this Marlins team has a real unit. You know, they're not they're not just oh you're good, I suck, this guy's whatever, he's cool, these people hang out together. No, the whole squad really gets along. The whole squad has a great vibe. So all these guys are really good inside the locker room. There's no issues there. But at some point you have to improve the baseball team. You have to improve the baseball team. I mean team. that's the whole point, right? And that's and if you have to give up something now to get better a year from now then so be it. Make the move and and let's see what Jeter can do because, man, we're seeing all these other owners and GMs. We got to see what Kim Ang can do. We see all these other GMs in in our local area, Panthers making moves, Heat getting ready to make some moves, Dolphins talk about getting some moves. The Marlins have to keep pace because if they don't, then they're going to be an afterthought. And right now they have the, the opportunity to staple down and say, you know what? Hey, Marlins fans or fringe baseball fans, we're going to bring you in and we're going to make you fans this way. Look at all these great talents that we have. Look at all these great players that we're building on. And look how exciting it is to see them play. It starts with winning games, though, man. We got to yeah, make it happen. For sure. It definitely starts with not losing 18-1, to 1, which I had to just throw it out there last week's episode. We recorded it. They were down 8-0 to zero in, in the, the middle first. of the podcast when we noted it. And when that game was all said and done, brother, we lost to those Nationals 18-1. to one. And they're that not even a powerhouse, a bro. That was a beating. That was a beatdown. That was a beatdown. We can't down, have bro. that. We nope. can't have that. Nope. But they we got to start locking back. in some dubs, man. They got to bounce back. And like you said, it, it counts with the winning. All-star break is done. It's the, the race for October right now, you know? Yeah, so. let's see. Let's see what if, if we make some trades on this trade deadline coming up this week. We're going to have to keep an eye on it, man, see what happens. At least, like you said, get us in, in shape for next season. For next right? season, get yeah, us, absolutely. Get, get the pieces in place for next season. Yeah. Talking about next season, next season is already here for the Dolphins, bro. Training camp is opening all across the NFL. We got some drama, Dating as usual. Howard, still sitting out. I mean... Eventually, that's going to cost them bread. We saw that it's cost, it was going to cost Aaron Rodgers 50K a day to not show up to practice. That's 250000 a week for those guys who failed math. Um, that's a lot of money, dude, yeah. for anybody. Yeah. And I know that Xavier Howard ain't getting paid off of the football field like Aaron Rodgers is. You know, I don't see Xavier Howard in no State Farm commercials. You don't. You don't. You don't got his OnlyFans. You're not subscribed. I guess not. I'm, I mean, you, what you do on your time is you, bro. Yo, crazy <laughs> OnlyFans, dude. Crazy OnlyFans. I guess I'm gonna have to take your word for it, man. I'm gonna take your word I'll, for I'll it. I'll give you my credentials. No gosh. thanks. No thanks. But 
his drama is 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 kind of upsetting a lot of Dolphins fans, and it's really I feel like I, I see it a lot on Twitter, especially. By the way, if you don't follow me on Twitter, must do so. Sports with So So Podcast. I'm always tweeting funny stuff about sports, but I've been noticing on Twitter that there's a lot of divide. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, just get rid of this guy. We just paid him. You know, like, why is he complaining now when this is an important season for Tua and, like, making all this noise? Then there's the other side of it, which is like, oh, yeah, pay the man. He's our best defensive player. What are we going to do without him? Or the defense is going to suck. I'm, I'm kind of – I find myself flip-flopping back and forth. But at the end, I, I remind myself to be like, at, the, at some point he's going to show up because he's not that rich. And I don't see the Dolphins trading Xavier Howard like to anybody because the trade, the 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 compensation that we're gonna have to get back, dude, it's like three first rounds, you know, two second rounds, another third round. Give me your future fifth round, another future, this and that. I don't think any team right now is gonna be willing to give that up for Xavier Howard. He's he's a defensive back. Now, if you tell me he's the missing piece to the greatest defense on earth, all right, maybe you go make that trade. But most Super Bowl teams aren't really looking to get a cornerback to help them push him over the edge to make that Super Bowl, do you think? I mean, who just won it this past year? The Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks had they had a good defense. Of they course. Mostly on their front line, on their on their front, like their defensive their front. Front seven. Yeah, their front seven. Um, then you got the, the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, could they use a – a DB, yeah, you know, they can always use a DB. I feel like, yeah, teams could always use them, but... Are they willing like, to trade? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, at what cost, right? You know, if if it's a team that definitely, that's the piece they're missing, that they're missing one lockdown defensive back, you go for that. You sell the house, it doesn't matter. You need that piece in order to get your return. But other teams, I feel like it's pretty, you know, hey, we can move guys around or we can draft somebody or, you know what I mean? Like, like even the best are going to get beat. So it's a matter of your, your, um, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Shoot, I'm blanking right now. All right. Uh, diminish point of diminishing returns. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, how, how much are you going to get back? Right. You know what I mean? For, right. For giving up all this, are you, is it going to, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze essentially? Right, right. And with Xavier Howard, it's kind of you can you can point to things that say yes this guy would be worth that trade, but in my opinion, he's that great. But teams on the offensive side are a going to always have the advantage, and b they'll be able to get away from him at some point. At some point, they're going to be able to get away from him. a really good team is going to have like the Chiefs. They're going to have a tight a tight end. They're going to have multiple wide receivers. They're going to have three guys that you got to cover downfield. Somebody's going to yeah, be open. You can only some cover point. one guy. It's, somebody's going to be open. For, for the Dolphins, I really feel like they're probably working behind the scenes to say, yo, X, give me a break, bro. I know you want a new contract. Here's what we can do. Play the season out. We'll figure this out. We'll give you X bonus. We'll give you this. We'll give you that and the other. And they're probably doing that behind the scenes because obviously the Xavier knows that he could only really make money here. Not to say that he can't go somewhere else and get paid, but the moment you get traded, your value is going to go down. Now you're a year older. Somebody's going to say, instead of the six years, I'm going to give you four years. Instead of X amount of dollars, I'm going to give you five less. That's what's going to happen. He has to 
strike while the iron's hot, so to speak, because here is where he's playing his best football. Yeah, but that's that's the reason why he's holding out. You know I get mean? it. He's not getting any younger. He's already proven himself. He has a hell of a resume. And he, he wants to be compensated for it. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm on kind of his side, on the player side, saying, you know, just pay the man. But at the pay same time, man. you know, I, that's, that's the reason I'm not a GM because then I would be fired. I would be fired. Yep. Because yep. I don't make the right decisions. So. Yep. And we know that, that, that the Dolphins are not just going to give in to the demands. They're focused on this season completely. They know that they own his rights. They're not going to be forced into any move. I know that. They know that. Xavier knows that. So it's going to get to a point where Xavier just says, all right, you know what? I'm going to come in. Uh, my two-week vacation is off. I could afford to lose that money, but I'm not going to lose my entire thing. And that's another thing, man. Like, training camp is going to be short. Preseason is going to be short this year. There's an extra NFL game. Like It's almost August, dude. Yeah. August it is August. Is, August much. is next week. Yeah, it is August pretty much. So once August rolls around, then it's 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 overdrive into the season. And we got we need our guys, man. We need everybody, you know, all hands on deck. We need everybody in in, in uh, playoff mode. Game one, you know, he's an important piece. Yes, an even bigger piece. But we can't let him distract us. That's the one no. thing we got. A lot of other good things to look forward to. I'm really excited about Tua. Um, you know, I, I really hope he he makes a you know a leap of of progress here in this second year, his sophomore year. Usually, we get that sophomore slump. Yep, you're right. Which is, which is tough. You know, we see that happen. We see quarterbacks or just players in general kind of regress in that second year. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we build off of all the good things that he had going last year and not so much, you know, shining a light on all of the negatives. If we had to point to three things this year, right, that would ultimately lead to the biggest success that the Dolphins can have, number one and the most glaring one is obviously Tua. How good can Tua be? Because we have weapons we have playmakers to some degree, and we should have, which is leading me to the second most important thing, a more cohesive offensive line. The second biggest thing for the season is the offensive line, and how good can they be? We saw flashes of it. We saw flashes of it, especially in the passing protection. They were able to keep Tua up a lot. They This guy barely took big hits or stuff like that. Even Fitzpatrick barely took big hits. So... They had injuries that kind of affected it towards the end of the season where we're playing with, like, a mishmash of who's in, who's out. If that offensive line can stay consistent and healthy, then automatically that puts a bigger target on Tua because it's like, okay, you can't count on that to be a negative. That's actually a positive. Now you have to build off of that. The last thing that I would say is, is not, and again, it, it seems like everything is focusing on the offensive side of the ball, but – I feel like that's where we that's have where to, we struggled last year, man. The biggest question we underwhelming. Right? Our defense was I mean it was locked down. Not, I mean, we had a great defense. Right. You know, we had on all aspects of the ball. Yeah, we, we struggled at times. There's certain teams that did better against us, like the Chiefs and stuff, who are offensive juggernauts, but the common underlying theme throughout the season was offense needs improvement overall. I mean, we had games where we had two of starting and he wasn't doing so well. And then we pulled them out. And then Fitzpatrick brought us back, you know, with some crafty plays and stuff. Well, now we don't have that, that, uh, um, that security blanket, right? That safety net of Fitzpatrick, mm. a veteran that's going to come in there. And do, when two is doing trash now, and then, you know, hopefully he doesn't, but if he goes into one of those spirals, well, you got to get yourself out of it now, young man, because the defense is what can only do so much for you. So now you got to do something where you can turn this game around. Right. And we're going to see a lot, you know, uh, uh, around that. And, and I think, to your point, the, the offensive line and 
to keep it on offense, the run game. Boom. That's going to be the third one, man. Boom. That's we the need, third we one. We need to do something on the run game. Now, we've had Ahmed last year who, you know, was kind of a filler for Miles Gaskin when he was hurt. He did all right. You know, is he the guy that's going to take us, you know, uh, to the promised land? Not necessarily. He's more of a grinder kind of guy. Uh, I like Miles Gaskin. We we also made the sound, signing of Malcolm Brown, Brown, who's like a big bruiser, like a third and one kind of guy. You know, you know, that's the Dolphins like having that big guy. Excuse me, that goal line back, you know, short yardage situations. But combined, those three guys, I'm not completely sold on that backfield. No. And that's why I was going to say the running game is the third most important thing. And, it, again, it leads up to the performance of the offensive line, and it leads up to the performance of Tua. If Tua is really good and accurate, right, and the offensive line is playing well, then by product, <laughs> the running game should be just as good, if not better, than it was last year. And last year was damn near non-existent. Yeah, we, we didn't. And we won a bunch of games without, a, without a run game. And we game. won a bunch of games without it. But this year, with, like you said, not, and I don't like the word, oh, the safety blanket, not. That's all predetermined coaching decisions. All of it, for sure. Because if not, we, you know, A, we would have seen a look of surprise on Fitzpatrick's face, and we never saw that once when it was like, hey, get in there. Never. Because he's, he knew that was part of the game plan. If no, this dude but is struggling there, but there or, was, or he looks like he could hurt, he could hurt himself or not looking comfortable, hey, Papo, sit. Yeah, but they, they, there was a look of surprise on his face when we first made the announcement that we were going to replace him with Tua, even though he was the one that had just had the, the hot start to the season. Again, that's predetermined by coaching. And the, coachings are only gonna, the coaches are only going to tell you what you need to know. And what Fitzpatrick and Tua both needed to know last year was – this is going to be interchangeable, and we're also going to eventually put Tua at this level. It could be week five. It could be week 15. We don't know. That all depends on X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So now, both of those guys knew what that game plan was. This year, again, everybody in that quarterback room, everybody on that offense, they know what the direction is. We're going full in on Tua, and this is the guy. So now, we have a full training camp, because last year we didn't have that, a full Preseason, we really didn't have that last year. And Tool's going to be able to build off of that. A lot of harsh critics on this guy. A lot of harsh critics on this guy. But when we drafted him, everybody was super excited and super pumped. And he showed all those flashes. We got to give this kid time. You know, so I feel like that whole thing last year was predetermined. It was like all these extracurricular things happened and now we have to deal with it. Now they dealt with it. They have a for sure game plan for this year, which is give to the offense and let them go. And we're going to have to see if he's, A, really good and can make those quick decisions like we saw in college, or B, if he flops. Either way, we're not really tied into him too much, which is great as a Dolphins fan because if he works out and he balls out, boom, we got a quarterback, and we're going to be able to win games. If not, it's like see you later. Let's go get another one. We still have a and good we can young trade, core, and, and we, have we have a young core. We have options. We have picks later on. Exactly. I, I hope. I hope the the first you know the first scenario is how it plays out. You know, I hope Tua's our guy. Me too. Um, but it's it's nice to know that we have you know we have a lot of picks in store for the future, and and our our at least our our front office is is heading in the right direction. We, and we have options, man. Look, we saw a lot of stuff being talked about this weekend with Aaron Rodgers, right? We saw a lot of stuff being mentioned between yesterday and today with Deshaun Watson. Quarterbacks are being moved, you know. 
quarterbacks are being moved. Eagles are interested in looking for a quarterback. Broncos aren't really sold on their quarterback. Even the Raiders were like, hey, I heard that the Sean Watson may be available. What do you got? Would you guys take a uh, car? And these are all starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. There's going to be movement. And now is the time to know what you have in that position, right, so that you're not tied into it deep into the long run and can possibly get out of a potentially bad situation. And I feel like that's where we're at with the Dolphins. We're going to dive deeper, you know, as the season gets a little bit closer and we can actually get to see him in training camp because there were a lot of reports about him looking bad in practice, the seven picks, the this and that in the rain, and then he bounces back. All of that shit doesn't matter. Yeah. The only thing that matters is when they have the pads on and they're hitting. When they're when that's happening, then it's like, okay, <clears throat> excuse me. That's the time to evaluate. When they're hitting each other with pads. Because that's the realest thing that the closest thing that you're gonna get to an actual football game. And at that point we'll see where his progression has come. But even still, it won't mean nothing until we're in week one. The game has started and he's behind the the center and says hike and gets that ball in his hand for the first time. Then we're going to know what, what really happens. But those three things that I mentioned, tools, performance, the offensive line being better, and finding some type of running game are going to be the main things that I focus on for this season as a Dolphins fan because that's where I want to see their improvement. The defense, I'm not worried about. I know what they got. They're going to be Gucci. The offense, oof. That's a different story. A lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. Well, we got uh, just over a month until the first game of the season kicks off, man. I can't be, couldn't be more excited. Like my dog Bart Scott famously has said, can't wait. <laughs> that's a hype. That's a hype clip. I we should have that. We got to sign. Can't we gotta, wait. We got to get that sound bite in here, bro. I love that sound And we might have to pay a lot of money for I that. I can't so wait. Okay, I'm going to cancel that. I'm an executive let's decision. Put a, let's put a pin on it. Um, well, that happened, so that happen, maybe that's so. a good sign that we got to wrap this up. Dog. I hope that just happened, too. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't either, but hey. yeah, it looks like uh, the end of this YouTube video is going to be uh, audio only. And that brings you to the end of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> Man. Um, Jay, let's wrap this up, dog. Let's we had a great baby. time today. Uh, shout out to Jaime Gutierrez again of FIBA for joining us to talk some basketball and some Olympics. Um, as usual, guys, make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube page. That's where all the episodes are going to be coming out on from now on. Yes, they'll still be on streaming platforms. That's good for the car. But we want you guys to check us out on YouTube. Look at my ugly mug. Look at Joel's ugly mug and be like, damn, I should have tuned into the Spotify or iTunes. Drop a comment, leave a like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend about this dope-ass podcast that's on YouTube. Make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Check us out on all streaming platforms. Check us out on social media as we continue to bring you the latest in sports, y'all. And until next time, peace. peace.